There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV friends. Pastor Mike with you again here on WCN-TV. Thank you for joining me today. Please uh, text your friends, especially those that might be struggling with anxiety or or uh, a whole bunch of other emotions. Well, what we're going to talk about today, they need to hear. That's my point. So take a moment, text them, tell them to join us here on WCNTV.net. Um, my guest today is a is a friend. I've chatted with him a number of times on this platform and other platforms, uh, Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter. And the book we're going to discuss, friends, is Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. Trauma creates a, a toxic stew of emotions that often lead to further health-related issues. And this is exacting a heavy toll upon many Americans. Trauma is an emotional response to some type of an event. Shock and denial are typical reactions. Longer-term impacts include unpredictable emotions, physical or emotional strain, and difficult relationships. That's something that I've I've seen in uh, here in the Midwest uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, relationships are really being battered. But according to uh, to Otis, everyone is forced to deal with trauma at some point in life, but not everyone handles it the same way. Amen. That is so true. He says this in his book, Set Free, the presence of calm does not necessarily mean the absence of fear. Trauma often leads people to isolate themselves so they don't experience the pain of trauma again. Friends, that really doesn't work long term. He says that's often the worst thing that people can do, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter is an author, conference speaker, and lead pastor at Sunrise Church in Clovis, California. He holds a Doctor of Ministry degree from Liberty University. He is there. Thank you, producer. And that is his website there, joledbetter.com, joledbetter.com. Uh, he's the author of Your Heritage, How to Be Intentional About the Legacy You Leave, and Soul Hunger, Satisfying Your Heart's Deepest Longing. And that's one of my personal favorites out of all the books that 
Otis has written. We've talked about that book a couple of times already, Otis. So thank you once again, my friend, for joining me here on WCN TV. It is it is my pleasure, Dr. Mike. I uh, when when I, I got the phone call that you might be interested, I got excited about it again just to talk to you yeah. because it is uh, it's it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, brother. You say in your book, everyone experiences anxiety and no one is exempt. That's right. Nobody is exempt from that. I believe this is I'm quoting you again. I believe anxiety may be one of the most powerful weapons the devil has to create discouragement. Wow. That is so true. You know, when I was thinking about writing this book, I, I told the producer earlier while we were talking that I thought Soul Hunger would be my last book because uh, writing is just painful. <laughs> dealing with publishers and dealing with editors and, mm -hmm. and all that. It's, it's painful. In fact, I told my staff, my secretary here, my and I said, hey, you, you have permission to do some damage to me if you want. If I say I want to write another book, and then <laughs> yeah. COVID came along and um, it, it changed everything. Um, and we allowed it to change everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it changed in my church. It changed things um, in in my family. You know, things things have changed. Just the misunderstanding, particularly my grandchildren and and all all that's going on with that and then the after effects after we lost some people uh, through to covid in the church and the fear that it caused in the church some of some of the people that i thought were most devout are the ones that were affected the most the trauma that came from that and they've just completely gotten out of church period wow um, they they try to watch the live stream every once in a while but I was, I was shocked. And then uh, as we got further and further away from 2020, when it all hit, I began to see the trauma that it, it was leaving in its wake. I sit on the board of a, a, of a nonprofit called Family Leadership Connection. And a part of their, a part of their ministry is going into public schools. It's called Parenting Partners. Mm -hmm. We are in almost every school district in particularly in the south but we're moving into the midwest and the north also and it's a parent enhancement class that the federal government mandates and so we probably got the best product right now on the market so all school districts are coming toward us and i was sitting in a board meeting and the term trauma informed came up and the president of of the uh, of this nonprofit began to tell us we're going to have to do some changing as we go into these different school districts because of the amount of trauma that the kids are are experiencing from covid having lost uh you know having lost family members to it um and not being able to go to class and having to take uh um uh, classes on, on online and what some people might know but out here fresno which we're very close to um, 90 percent of the kids in the fresno school district live under the poverty level wow and and so they didn't have the ability to have computers and all of that and the the amount of uh of trauma that has come out of that uh it it, it 
it really, it piqued my interest in that board meeting. And I said, trauma-informed, so I've got to inform myself about it. So I started informing myself about it and found out I didn't know as much about it as I thought I knew. And um, I began to read. I began to study. I began to talk with the superintendent uh, representative of schools. There's a man in my church that is number two in the Fresno uh, County uh, or this Fresno Unified. And I began to talk to them and I found out uh, that, you know, I probably should address this. So I, I did a sermon series on trauma uh, released uh, from the damage of trauma because I found, Mike, that no psychology book that I have ever had in any of my formal education could really be totally spot on as far as the, the psychology of, of, of trauma and that the Bible really is the most, the best book, psychology book that's ever been written. Um, psychology books tend to, uh, they tend to put uh, um, human behavior they pigeonhole human behavior into groups, into behavioral groups. And if you want to deal with a behavioral group, you can go in and and to psychology and it will teach you how to do that. For instance, you know, the different four different personalities, everybody fits into four different personalities. I mean, and, and those personalities, you're known by your weaknesses, the behavioral weaknesses that that identifies who you are. And I got to thinking, I trauma deals, trauma is an individual thing. It's not a group thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's individual. And I began to see it in, in my church is an individual thing. So I uh, prayed over it and started writing a sermon series. And as I wrote this sermon series, I realized when I would speak on it on Sunday morning, uh, a, a rowdy church like ours is sometimes you could hear a pin drop. Wow. Um, they, you didn't, I didn't hear amens. I didn't hear, Hey, Hey, pre come on preacher. You know, I didn't, I didn't hear anything like that. All I heard was silence. And uh, I didn't know at that time, am I laying an egg or am I nailing it? You know, what, what's going mm -hmm. on? What is this? But through all, uh, seven sermons in that series, the same thing happened. And so what I did is instead of going to into the behavioral groups, I went into the scriptures to see if um, the, the, the characters that God has in, uh, in his sovereign uh, knowledge put into the scriptures, did they deal with trauma? Hmm. And when I began to read their lives, I, I realized my goodness, the trauma. One of one of the when you talk about anxiety, I wondered who could who could I bring to this book, bring in front of my people, that is an illustration out of the scriptures of anxiety and what did they do to get out of that anxiety, and the one God led me to was Job, mm. and who would think that Job had anxiety? I mean, we always hear the patience of Job yeah. and and he shines like a diamond under the light of the scriptures, particularly the latter part of that book. But if you read the first three chapters of Job, 
that is nothing but trauma. Mm. Somebody comes in and tells him um, his his uh, his cattle's gone. Somebody comes in right behind that and tell him all his property's gone. The winds have knocked down the houses. Somebody comes in right behind them and tells them your children have been killed. Mm. All of them. Somebody comes in right behind and just one right after the other. And the amount of trauma that hit him created huge anxiety in in Job. And if you read the first three chapters of Job, he pours out the anxiety uh, that he was suffering. And then the next 27 chapters of the book of Job is how he dealt with it. Because trauma is not an event. Um, a lot of people go back and say, well, I was traumatized on that event. Well, that's not where trauma, that may be where trauma originated from, but that really is just an event. That's not tra trauma. Trauma is the continual reaction to that event where you can't get an answer. You don't know where things are going to go. Fear grips you. And one of the things that, well, fear brings on more anxiety, which brings on more moodiness, mood swings, which brings on isolation, which brings on um, lying. We, we live, our life becomes a lie. We, we live a lie. Um, and so that, all of those are what, uh, are the context of set free. All of these people, Job, well, for fear, I uh, I talk about Mary and Martha. Nobody could have had greater fear than them um, and been been more angry about it uh, because Jesus could have healed. Jesus could have healed them. But um, uh, they, they lost not just a brother, they lost their financial security. Uh, and in that day and age, um, uh, a female... Um, they owned no property. Um, so uh, I took those I took those different characters and the trauma they went through and showed how they went from point A to point B, hoping to show my people how they could come out of it. and it it just uh, it it was very, very helpful. So that's why. I said, well, this has got to be in book form. Yes. And, and so I, I put it down in set free. And that's that's where it is. Well, I'm glad you did that, uh, Otis. And just in this opening um, description of uh, and definition of trauma, um, the nugget there that I took away uh, to actually trauma informed. I, I think that is uh, whoever uh, spoke that to you in the Fresno School District. Uh, did us all a favor in the body of Christ, because I would agree with with what you realized early on that, well, we, we really don't understand trauma, the depths of it. And then that ties into the second point. Trauma is not an event. Now, see, most people having heard that, they just said, now, wait a minute. Of course it is. It's an event. It's like, well, actually, th there is a starting point or an origination to trauma. But it continues to live on based on our emotional responses and how we handle it. And, and, and because then I'm just thinking of, of people I know in my own life, Otis, then it, it kind of branches out and begins to impact other people, doesn't it? 
Oh, it, it absolutely does. Um, the um, uh, the event that that causes the trauma, it, it's if you if you you can take four people, and they can suffer the same event, and only one of them, of the four, will experience the trauma. The rest let the event pass, and it does not create the emotional tsunami in their life. Wow. And the emotional tsunami is where the trauma is. Mm. And if you if you don't have answers, because answers really are what stops the tsunami. Yes. That, that's what Job looked for. Job yes. looked for answers. And if you remember, he had three friends. Three friends came along and saw mm -hmm. what he was doing. And they really, they really battered him. They asked him, well, what did you do that God is judging you like this? It was, mm -hmm. there was no, there was no judge at all. I mean, there was no uh, judging at all. It, God was just proving a point to Satan. This is my servant and he served me no matter what. Yes. And so the trauma that came on, on uh, Job there, then he got friends. Why did he get friends? He got friends because he wanted answers in each of the chapters. I, I, I sort of uh, delineate how to get, from it, in other words, from fear to faith. With Mary and Martha, how did they get from fear to faith? Mm -hmm. Well, if you if you read read their story, they went from fear to fighting. They wanted to fight Jesus when he came down that road with his entourage. Mary didn't bow his feet. I mean, Martha didn't bow his feet. She stood face to face with him, and she, and her tone was accusatory. If you if you'd been here. My brother wouldn't have died. Mm, yes. Now that's fault finding. She was in for a fight, and then Mary also, when she came to Jesus, at least she she knelt before him. But she had the same talking points. If mm -hmm. you'd have been here, Jesus, my my brother wouldn't have died. And then you could see that those talking points went through everybody because when Jesus finally said, "Lead me to the tomb." He wept. He heard the people behind him saying, see how he loved Lazarus? He could have healed him if he had been here. Mm. They all had their talking points. And so from fear to fight to fault finding to faith, mm -hmm. when they finally got to the tomb, they had a journey. And everybody will have a journey. If you're fearful today, there will be a journey. You won't just automatically all of a sudden fall into great faith. There will be a journey and it won't be dissimilar than it won't be the same, but it won't be dissimilar than Mary and Martha's. Mm -hmm. You will have a path to uh, faith from fear to faith. For Job, it was anxiety to assurance. So how do you get how do you get rid of the anxiety and get to assurance? For Job, he went through anguish. He even says it. Even his friends say his anguish was incredible. So what is anguish, you know, anguish and then answers. He was, Job was looking for answers. Mm -hmm. And finally, when he got the answers, the rest of Job was how God dealt with him. And by the way, God didn't deal so good with those three friends who judged him. That's right. Uh, that, 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 they paid their price for doing that. Mm -hmm. And then, and then when you, when you get to moodiness, you know, because fear and anxiety creates moodiness, mood swings. And Oswald Chambers, in my utmost for his highest, uh, one of the things he said in there is 
there are some things you don't need to pray about uh, pray about to get rid of and one of them is moods mood swings you don't need to pray about that you just need not to allow them to happen and he talks about moodiness and i talk about joseph and how he went from moodiness to his mouthiness to his misunderstood in prison to maturity and how do you get from moodiness to maturity there's there there's a path and then isolation talk about elijah after his mount carmel experience and he got threatened by a female he ran for his life he left his his servant and he went another day's journey he isolated himself yes. he wanted to get away from everything and he told god when he got to that isolation he said why don't you just kill me i'm no better than my ancestors i'm mm -hmm. no better than, than my relatives why don't you why don't you just kill me his trauma was so and, and the trauma of seeing what 450 people slaughtered that has to be traumatic yeah. we have soldiers that see people shot and they come home with ptsd the yeah. trauma of it and elijah saw that i think that showed itself in his isolation when yeah. god finally the way you get rid of the, the, the trauma of 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 isolation is involvement mm -hmm. you you, yeah. you get people involved and that's what god did with with the elijah from from his isolation he he went to indifference he really didn't care uh, what went on until until god got it till he got into uh, I, uh involvement and when he got to involvement with that widow then god was able to work with him again the trauma left him and then the peter the lying um peter was in the garden he hooked his wagon to jesus christ star and when he saw the most powerful man he's ever met uh being led away to his death um I mean, it, he grabbed his, his sword and swung it, probably tried to get the neck of that servant, but he only got the ear. Mm -hmm. And so he went from lying um, to leadership. He was the guy who preached at Pentecost. <laughs> so, so he had a path uh, from, from lying to, to learning, you know, all the way to all the way to leadership. So all of those characters experienced trauma. And if you look back at them, what I tried to do was get people just to look back at these characters and see what they went through to get past the trauma and into the role that God wanted them to, uh, to be in and the lessons they learned all the way through it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it changed my life. This yeah. study changed my life. And so I, I'm hoping that it will change other people's lives, too, as they read it. Yes, yes. Friends, we are speaking with uh, author and pastor, Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter. The book is Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. The characters that you bring up from the Bible, um, very good life lessons. I, I really appreciate um, you mapping out and laying how they went from this to this, the path that they had to take. What we've seen in the last couple of years, Otis, and I don't know if your research revealed anything, you have any thoughts uh, on this, but in the last couple of years, um, we have seen depression skyrocket. Yeah. We have seen, uh, sadly, it grieves me to say this, but we have seen uh, suicides skyrocket. And, and this is especially true, those two things, um, when it comes to young people. When it, when it comes to 
teenagers, young, young 20-somethings. Um, to me, listening to you and, and the subject of this book, dealing with trauma, it's not necessarily an event, but it's it's the response is that how we handle it, how we respond, and all of these things pulling in to ourselves, isolation, fear, anguish, all of these things. I have to believe that 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 is a direct link to what we're seeing, statistically speaking, um, in this skyrocketing increase in depression and and suicide uh did, did your research reveal anything that would connect that it, it did and and i cite i've got in notes i cite all kinds of uh places that people can then go and study further but but it did and what what i saw mostly is um um is people isolated um trauma caused people causes people to isolate covid we were forced to isolate yes um and by and people at first thought well that's really good and i say in in the book that um solitude is is it's the it's the madness of detachment it some people think that isolation is solitude it's not solitude's one thing isolation is another thing and isolation works on you so much and the statistics uh, on, on that i I've, i put them in the, in the book under isolation but the, the statistics are incredible uh, on uh the people who are isolated the diseases that that they put themselves at risk in um the uh early death uh, is is a is a risk you see we're we're not made to be the the first not good in the bible is uh, is for is being alone jesus god said about his creation it's not good for men to be alone and uh basically god realized that he wasn't enough for adam mm -hmm. that, that realization came from god i didn't put that in his mouth he realized yeah. that and he said this is not good for him to be alone isolation is not good he's got to have some sort of companionship so he created eve for companionship um so he would not be isolated. and you know he actually wasn't isolated he had all kind of animals around him yeah but the isolation uh of of kindred spirit uh is just wrong and when they isolated the schools when they isolated these kids all of a sudden uh, this darkness came i mean you could you could see it um from um it forced the parenting partners that I, I'm on the board with, it forced them to do Zoom calls to teachers. And what they heard from the teacher that were, were incredible. Um, the kids being isolated at home, the things that were going on. And um, isolation, they found out, leads to hopelessness. Mm. And then hopelessness leads to desperation. And then desperation leads to who knows what that's when, right when you get a desperate person that is isolated they'll do just like elijah who would think one of the greatest characters to grace the pages of scripture would have thought about suicide that's right he thought about it because he was isolated mm -hmm. yep that's right
and, and so that isolation, hopelessness, desperation, you can see how it flows through. And I saw it in, I saw it in the church. I mean, the people couldn't wait to get back together. And when they finally did get together, masks didn't matter. They needed a hug. They needed a handshake. They needed somebody put an arm around them. They need, they didn't need to see a mask. They needed to see a smile. That's right. So, and because of the isolation, uh, uh, the, uh, I, I think, I don't know, it's my opinion. We probably lost people with COVID just because of isolation. My best friend, his wife, we lost, he lost his wife they would not let him go in and see her mm. and she you know she died alone mm. in a hospital bed um the isolation it, it has to have something to do with the health of people also you it, science says if you isolate you're going to harm yourself that's right amen amen so otis you've been doing this a long time you've been a pastor a long time counselor for a long time um, has it been your experience that people of faith um, tend to be, generally speaking, tend to be more reluctant to admit that they're struggling uh, with anxiety or depression? Or uh, is, is that the case in your opinion? And, and if it is, why do you think that is? It is the case, in my opinion. Um, I've seen it. And, you know, in a pastor's home, you'll you'll understand this, Mike, if I can just be very transparent. I was raised in a trans. I was raised in a, a pastor's home. Image was really important. Sure. Uh, you, you don't do anything to hurt your dad's ministry. You yes. don't do anything to hurt the church. And if I was raised in a very small town, 20,000 people. Whatever I did, everybody knew. Yeah. And and my dad was uh he was on the radio. He was very popular and very controversial because he stuck to the truth. Mm -hmm. And um uh that uh when when somebody would say, Well, are you feeling bad? Are you depressed? I would just say no. I couldn't say yeah, because then they were gonna ask me why. And then it would have to be, well really i don't like church that much my dad is a pastor and you know yeah. <laughs> I, I told my mom one time i just wish we weren't christians because like there's some things i can't do uh maybe if we could just not be a christian for a week you know something like that <laughs> but yeah i do and you know christians are not supposed to experience bad things right that that's why the book was written why do bad things happen to good people yeah good people we think well nothing's supposed to if i follow christ nothing's supposed to go wrong in my life mm -hmm. um and and as a result of of that we tend to hide the problems and though when we hide those problems they will eventually fester into a sore yes. that will infect the entire body yes and so um they're reluctant to say this was a traumatic event to me and i'm dealing with the trauma of it because of image. Mm -hmm. um, and it's probably not just true in pastor's home. It's probably true in anybody that's a businessman in the in the city that you want people to come to your business. I would think that would go across the board. But yes, we're not supposed to experience bad things. When you come to Jesus, 
supposed to be perfect, you know, and when it's not perfect, not to give him a back, black eye or a family a black eye, we'll, we'll deny it. That's why I talk about lying. We'll live a lie so that that trauma won't be exposed. Yeah, yeah. I think we would be doing a great service to the body of Christ if we would begin reinforcing the truth that um, living in this fallen world, we're all going to encounter struggles from time to time, and there is no shame in that. In fact, uh, one of the best things we could do is to be open and honest. And uh, I think that would even work for evangelism because one of the criticisms I've heard repeatedly over the years about Christians in the church, well, you people just think you're perfect. And, and you know, there's, that's based on a little bit of truth because that's the image that we try to project, right? It is. It is the image we try to project and, mm -hmm. and it's harmful. It is harmful. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Well, one of the things, uh, Otis, you, you say in the book that I liked, you don't stumble across a happy life, you create it. <laughs> so now that probably perked some people up and they're very interested in what, what you have to say about this. Uh, how can I create? Because I don't know anybody that's not looking for a, uh, they can call it contentment, they can call it peace, they can call it rest, tranquility, and call it happiness, joy. And, and we can always point people, well, the joy comes from the Lord. It's abiding. It's it's not dependent on circumstance. You know, we can say all of that stuff, but how do we actually, what are some steps we can take, things we can do and stick to them, not just try it, you know, a week or so. Well, that didn't work, but things that we can actually integrate into our thinking and, and then into our behavior that would help us to, to, to begin to create as much as it was within our ability, a happy life. <clears throat> That's excellent. I, uh, a little bit later, maybe I can talk about the trauma of the unknown, but it is the trauma of the unknown that, people don't know where to go from there. So what what I would say to people is wherever you are right now, wherever you presently are, identify the weaknesses uh, that that you struggle with. And only you really know them. Um, and then when you identify them, aggressively seek positive things that will make you stronger than those weaknesses. Positivity is much stronger than uh, negativity, than, than a weakness. Uh, positivity gives life, a weakness tends toward uh, uh, bad health. Paul said it, he, he said it best in, in Philippians 4, 8, everybody knows that finally brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these. He, 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 has, he tells us that. So yes. become skilled at managing your negative emotions. It's a difficult step because the trauma that's in your life up to the present, uh, those negative emotions have been managing you. And whatever it takes, there has to be a coup d'etat in the command center 
in your life. There's got to be an overthrow of the power. And the, the negative emotions are powerful. So they've got to be overthrown. The Bible, the psalmist wrote Psalm 34, 18 said, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as has a contrite spirit. Articulate those negative emotions. Because faceless enemies tend to become invisible foes, making them, well, they're almost impossible to defeat. And I, 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 I say it like this in the book, like using smoke to expose laser beams. You've seen that on movies and, yes. and places. They'll, they'll use smoke to, to expose laser beams. The word of God can smoke negative emotions out. They can help you see and identify their tactics. And, and the, the, one of the greatest emotional, uh, I think, invitations is when Jesus said, ask and it'll be given you, seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open to you for everyone that receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it's open. In other words, produce openings in your life for positivity. Yes. Right. Again, you don't stumble across the happy life. You create it. Train your thoughts to see good in everything, to see good in everyone. Mm -hmm. Positivity in your life will look for the quality of your thoughts. Put away evil thinking. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, let bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you, not managed, be put away from you with all intent to hurt and be kind one to the to one to another tender hearted that's positivity right there and forgive people as Christ forgave you Qual uh, quality thoughts are positivity's favorite food i like that positive thoughts are what was that quality thoughts are positivity's favorite food there it is <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is a fantastic, fantastic statement. So you you, you mentioned maybe maybe it's a good time now to to touch on this. You you mentioned um, uh, maybe we could talk about the trauma of the unknown. Yeah. Um, it's let's let's delve into that a little bit. What, what do you mean by that phrase, the trauma of the unknown? Um, <clears throat> I the, for me. Uh, an illustration, a visual or a verbal illustration really helps me understand truth. So I, I use a couple of illustrations uh, uh, in this. When I was young, when I was about seven year old, I, I decided to um, uh, try a haunted house. And I had heard about how horrible they were and how everybody in there screaming and everybody's scared out of their wits and that sort of, sort of thing. And so uh, my buddy and I, his name is Johnny, my buddy and I, we, we decided at seven-year-old that we would go into a haunted house. And when we got inside there, I could hear the screams of everybody and, and, and I, could, I, I felt so afraid. I, I reached over and grabbed my buddy's hand and his hand was ice cold. So I knew I wasn't the only one that was having trouble with that. Um, his hand was wet and cold and we took our first encounter and it was even worse than the stories I had heard. I was so scared, but having that experience assured me and it prepared me to understand next year's haunted house encounter 
wouldn't be so bad. I knew that nothing inside that house was really real. Nothing inside could actually hurt me. There were no such thing as zombies and ghoulish ghosts. And the blood that was in there was nothing more than chocolate syrup. Everything was harmless. We go through this life and we've heard the stories of people. And we think we live this life thinking of the harm that will come to us. And we've seen people, we've heard the, the screams and everything of people that have gone before us in it. We've seen it. But when, well, let me go one more before I, before I apply that. I was, I was reading an article and in that article was, um, uh, they were talking about the explorers of yesteryear, the early explorers before the whole world was explored and mapped out. And I, I have read about the brave men, men who um, manned rickety ships and they sailed out to the uncharted waters of our world to face what was the unknown. And all they had were questionable paper maps. And on some of those maps, my they were the words were written, here be dragons or here be fiery serpents, meaning this area is an unexplored territory or it is dangerous waters. And it was the rendering of those medieval map makers to put these illustrations in of dragons and fiery serpents and sea monsters and other mythological mythological creatures in those uncharted areas uh, so that those people that were exploring would be reminded of potentials potential dangers that might exist out there and although there were no ghoulish ghosts and no zombies in the haunted house and there were no dragons there were no fiery serpents there were no sea monsters the earliest voyagers did have to deal with real and formidable unknowns. And sure. even though the, those two illustrations, the, what could bring you harm, what could bring them harm really turned out to, uh, to be untrue. There were no zombies, no ghoulish ghosts, there were no dragons, there were none of that. But does that solve the problem of the unknowns, the uncharted areas? that were in their life or slide that over to us uncharted areas in our personal worlds are there no dragons are there no ghoulish ghosts when it comes to us walking the path of parenthood or immersed in the um the unknowns of raising children is it possible there's no opposition and no raging battles to fight uh in successful parenting the path of a difficult career to take care of the family am i am i just free to go where no one has gone before and expect a life of ease mm -hmm. those are questions yeah. that few people likely think of asking early on in their life mm -hmm. yeah. probably because they know there's no real ghost there's no real nothing really impeding them to be successful um, but there are real enemies, Mike. There are real enemies. We're familiar with those unnamed and faceless creatures. Fear, we've just named them. Fear, yes. Yes. That's, that's an unknown. Anxiety, 
that's an unknown. If you've, it, it, there's probably people listening that have never suffered anxiety attack. But to those people that have, have suffered an anxiety attack, it is one of the worst things. You, it's so unknown. You don't know. You don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. They tell me that when an anxiety attack comes on, um, it, it, your heart starts beating fast. There's an impending feeling of doom. There's uh, some say, hey, this everything just closes in on me, uh, you know, uh, uh, tunnel vision, all of that. Uh, and uh, th they don't know how they don't know how to react. Doctors don't know how to diagnose it. Yeah. They go in to tell their doctor this happened, this happened, this happened. Well, it's probably stress because I don't see anything in your blood work and all of that. Those unknowns on a daily basis, we encounter those these things we've talked about fear anxiety moodiness you know isolation and, and lies and may maybe the most familiar opponent of us all is us mm -hmm. ourselves yes on yes. a daily basis we deal with the effects of each and maybe it's here where the alarm of self-preservation is just activated and we'll do anything um uh, how, how do you live with those those unknowns how do you live how do you experience an anxiety attack and 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 you know and what it, what it does is, is it takes you to the i can't uh, i can't do this i can't do that you know uh, i'm not successful here i'm not successful there and the unknowns um when, when they sneak up on us um th th that's the worst trauma of all i think yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what 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 you've been painting, what I'm picturing here, um, Otis, again, friends, those of you who have joined us, I'm speaking with Dr. J. Otis Ledbetter about his book, Set Free, Released from the Damage of Trauma. Highly recommend that you get a copy. Uh, you can go to joledbetter.com, joledbetter.com. Thank you, producer, for enlarging that and and get a copy of that book um what you've been discussing otis and and the picture that that i'm formulating here um concerning trauma deals with um perspective it deals with realities um it's easy to say to someone who is showing signs of uh, the consequences of trauma, dealing with these many different emotions, it's easy to tell them, well, that's not reality. That's, that's not the, the truth of things because when people formulate a perspective and, and they get bound up in these emotions, be it fear, uh, anguish, anxiety, whatever the case might be, and then they begin to show you know, isolation, pulling back, depression, and all of these things, that is their reality. And, yes, it and it's, it's, it, it's not helpful for us to say, well, well, that's not the way, that's not the truth or the reality. You have to help them, walk them back out of that, help them to see step by step. You can't do it all in one bite. And is, am I making sense, Otis, what I'm trying to get across? You absolutely are, and you're 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 making perfect sense. I Jane Levy, uh, I found a quote from Jane Levy, 
and I have uh, put this quote on my desk and and memorizing it, but I want to say it say it right. She she said what you just said, and she put it so succinctly when she said, "Trauma fractures comprehension like a pebble shatters a windshield." The wow. wound at the site of impact spreads across the field of vision, obscuring reality and challenging belief. Wow. Yep. That's it right there. <laughs> that's very, very, very good. That's unbelievable. Like a pebble hits the windshield. If you've ever had a pebble hit the windshield and you, it shatters, you can't see. No. Yeah. And you don't know wh which way the road turns. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's just so true. That's what trauma does. And that's where a lot of people probably that are listening right now who've experienced trauma, that it's that that wound has spread across their field, field of vision right now. And it is it, it has obscured reality and it's going to affect their belief system. Yeah. Yeah. How difficult is it, um, Otis? Um, we've talked about a lot of things, giving people steps and when they buy your book and read it, um, they, they're going to really be able to zero in uh, and focus on what, what we've been talking about here. Um, but when it comes to helping people, what would be uh, your suggestion if somebody is really struggling with, with whatever, doesn't matter, and they've withdrawn, they're isolated, they're depressed, dealing with this, how can we, as somebody who loves them, is concerned about them, maybe they're a family member or just a just a friend, but we want to help them? What what would be the best first steps as an approach to try and, um, if this is a good way to say it, insert ourselves into that life and 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 become a uh, uh, a life preserver for them, somebody that they can hold on to. And we can walk them back out of that. What? How would we approach that as a concerned uh, brother or sister? Well, that's a really good question, um, and and it's really hard to do. Um, yes. If 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 you're not careful, because anybody that experienced trauma thinks you're patronizing them, mm. and um, they don't want to be patronized. That's right. Um, but. Um, the, the the best way is um well it's sort of like a computer um you you've heard it say uh, garbage in garbage out if you put mm -hmm. garbage in your computer that's what you're going to get the best best way to start is just talk to them and gather data mm -hmm. okay ask appropriate questions that will give you data because if you don't know where they you can't take them to b if you don't know where a is that's right. So you want to find out what what the trauma has created in their life. Is it, is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it, is it just horrible mood swings? Um, and, and and I, I quote, I bring up Jeremiah in in one of the uh, one of the places. I I don't I, I don't know Jeremiah in I think is in mood swings. Um, and I, I quote Jeremiah, where at one point he was talking about his his life, and and at the next point he is talking about God. He, the his mood swings were incredible; you could see them. Yeah, yeah. He was a weeping prophet, and um, 
the, the first thing I think you want to do is you want to see where you want to find where they are. Where, where are they on this on this scale? Um, gather as much data as you can and then read about read about trauma. Um, read about how people um, uh, where they are. In other words, like with Mary, they go into fighting. Maybe the person you're dealing with now is going to fight you on everything. Um, maybe the person you're dealing with is in fault, and you might be the one they're finding fault with. I mean, Mary Martha, they found fault with J Jesus. They, mm -hmm. they accused him. And um, so gathering as much data as you can and just being there beside them, mm -hmm. uh, because when they go through mood swings, you're not going to be able to follow them. Uh, uh, people, I've, I've seen people say, they must be bipolar. No, they're not bipolar. Right now, this trauma is taking them through terrible swings of moods. Um, and it's, it's hard to stay up with them. So get as much data as you can. Be near them. Um, if you've suffered it, share. Be transparent. Mm -hmm. Share. Um, if, if you've, if you've uh, suffered with anxiety and you know those anxiety attacks and how they come and how they make you feel somebody who's never experienced that thinks they're dying mm. and you can say to them hey and i experienced that let me tell you how how i overcame that mm -hmm. and uh, I, I think just getting beside them listening to them because here's what's here's what's happening to them they are living that event over and over and over and hoping for a different outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it's like watching uh, instant replay on football and the guy misses the pass and you watch an instant replay and hoping he catches it this time, you know, or mm -hmm. the guy who his team's the kicker is out on the field and his team only needs a field goal and they'll win and he misses it. Mm -hmm. The rest of the year, he relives that event over and over and over. He kicks that field goal over and over in his mind, and it mm -hmm. goes through those uprights. He just wants a different outcome. Yeah, That's what trauma does to us. It makes us relive that, and we're they're reliving it so they could be a different outcome. Yes, yes. So yeah. if you could, if you know what that outcome is, and you know what they're trying to do, then you can sort of massage them that direction help them that direction and then let them know it's okay to miss that field goal who cares yeah there'll right. be another there'll be another chance yes next year that same field goal kicker will come back and beat that team yeah, that's right amen use it as motivation use it as get those negative thoughts out get positivity into their life give give quality thoughts positivity's favorite food give them give them quality thoughts and yeah. to me that's how i that's how i do it yes amen amen well friends i've been uh, chatting with dr j otis ledbetter the book is set free released from the damage of trauma this has been another wonderful conversation very very helpful a lot of uh, great insights um actual steps action plans things that you can implement if if you are going through what we described in any of those aspects or someone that you love or even a friend that you know is going through it i 
I encourage you to get the book. It's available uh, through uh, Dr. Otis at his website, joledbetter.com. Set free. Do yourself a favor and get the book. Otis, I really appreciate you, brother, and I, I thank you for the conversation. It's been very, very encouraging and enlightening. I got a lot of nuggets of gold from things that you spoke. So appreciate you joining me again. Thanks for asking me. Anytime. I appreciate you. You're very welcome, brother. That's all we have today, folks, on this episode of Wisconsin Christian News TV. Please share this, this show with your friends, especially those that uh, may be struggling. Get the book, be encouraged and equipped, and then pass it on to somebody else. We'll see you next time here on WCN-TV. God bless you guys. Thank you.